It was a cold night, and the shepherds were huddled close to each other, their backs against the tree, their hands, their elbows, their knees tucked all tight underneath their cloaks. But it wasn't just the cold they were embracing themselves against. They were scanning the hills in the dead of darkness, looking for a silhouette of a lion that might want to come and attack their sheep. As their eyes roamed the hills, their minds turned over thought by thought as they tried to keep awake. Maybe thoughts of Rome, thoughts of King Herod, taxes, family, the temple, hunger, and definitely sleep. When suddenly, the breath that they breathed, it sparkled with light in the cold night. Before their eyes could even make sense of it, they were on their feet. Light so bright, they had to shield their eyes. Not a fire, but it moved like a flame in the sky. Before they could even cry out in astonishment or fear, maybe they realized that it was an angel. An angel so bright, blazing like the sun, suspended in the air so close they could almost touch him. And then all of a sudden, with a voice like thunder, it it seemed to split the sky and it filled the roaming hills. Fear not, the angel said. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. The voice, it echoed through the night like a drum, and their hearts beat to it, almost bursting. And the angel spoke again, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then suddenly, more angels appeared, a heavenly army burning so bright, it seemed that the night had turned to day. The sound of thunder became the sound of the sweetest music they could ever hear. As the angels gathered together and gave praise and thanks, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Maybe it seemed like an hour. Maybe it seemed like a whole day. Or perhaps it felt just like a little moment in time. And once the angels were gone, and they were just standing there in all in glory, their eyes again began to adjust to the darkness again. Only then could they have realized the advent of heaven, and they fell to their knees in glory. They looked around. The sheep were all still there and accounted for, and awake were their only witnesses. But this moment in time would change. 
change their lives forever. The moment they saw and heard the sound of heaven's joy. The shepherds, I'm pretty sure they looked at each other and said, we need to go. We need to go to Bethlehem right now and see this promised Messiah. The one we have been waiting for. Forget about the sheep. We can find more of them if something happens. The Messiah is our focus now. So they gathered together and they left towards Bethlehem. Today we lit the candle of Advent to remember the shepherds' joy. Joy that comes into the world and changes our fearful hearts. Joy that comes when life is filled with new meanings and joy that overflows because we have a Savior. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this season where you sent your Son as a gift to us. You sent your Son so that we can find and we can have joy and we can have it, like it says, not just life, but life more abundant. We ask now that in these next few moments, just open up our hearts. Let us see how we can have that true joy that is only found in you. In your heavenly name, gracious Lord, amen. So today we talk about joy. What is joy to you? Have you found joy? Life is so crazy and hard sometimes. Sometimes it is truly hard to find the joy of everyday life. You wake up, just like I did this week, I go out to the car, nothing. So I'm like, all right, well, no, no, I just, I just recently put a new battery in it. Well, it's about a year old, but so I'm like, okay, maybe the cables are loose. Move the cables around, nothing. Before we went on vacation, a pulley broke on the escape. Hard to find the joy in that. About to leave on vacation, and all of a sudden, bam, something happens. Hard to find joy in the unexpected in life. But we have to remember, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Both are wonderful feelings to experience, but are very different. Happiness is normally triggered and based on other things, people, our thoughts, and events. Happiness is based on happenings. When those happenings aren't what you want, you're obviously not going to be happy. Where joy is more consistent and internal. It comes when you make peace with who you are, why you are, and how you are. So point number one to today's message. Joy that came into the world and can change our fearful hearts. We all have fear. And fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. Fear can keep us from doing a lot of stupid things we shouldn't do. But on the flip side, Fear can also keep us from doing things that we should do, that would help us to grow, that would help us become a better person, that would bring us closer to God. 
again, again, and again, the Bible says, do not fear. Do not be afraid. I seen this one thing one time that it says that it says, do not be afraid in the Bible 365 times. And that is a daily reminder for us not to fear. And we're not talking about, like, when it's talking about do not fear in the Bible, it's not talking about our rational fears of maybe heights or spiders or clowns. It's talking about don't fear the unknown. Don't fear what God is telling you to do because we know that God is with us. We can have joy because God is for us. We can have joy knowing that God is on our side in fighting with us. God will never leave us. The will of God will never take you where the grace of God will not protect you. I'm going to say that again. The will of God will never take you to where the grace of God will not protect you. So you don't have to be afraid when God's telling you to do something because you know that if God's telling you to do it, it's ordained. And God is there fighting for you. We don't have to live in fear of what is going to happen. A promise that God made to Joshua when he was called to serve was a promise that he made to Moses time and time again. And we can still hold on to that today. Joshua 1.9 reads, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go. I like how it starts out. God says to Joshua, have I not commanded you? So when he says, have I not commanded you, it's like your parents. Hey, haven't I told you before? I have told you time and time again. Don't be afraid. I'm going to go with you. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I'm going to take you into the promised land. Listen to me. Stop being afraid. Have faith. Have courage because I am there fighting for you. When we accept the saving power of Jesus Christ into our lives, when we allow him to transform us, we are no longer a slave to our fear. All those fears that we have, they should be washed away because we have the power of Christ living in us to give us great joy. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I love these two verses. It says this, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Wow, so much, so much in just those two little verses. We could spend weeks on those two verses. Verse 1, Paul is writing to them and says, I'm begging with you. I am pleading with you. Please, he's writing to the Romans and says, listen to me. God has given you mercy. God has found mercy on your soul from all the things that you have done, all the times you have messed up. God has given you mercy. And we should be able to at least 
sacrifice for him because he paid the ultimate sacrifice for us when he sent his son to this messed up world. Friends, we need to make sure that whatever we do, that it's holy. People say all the time, well, I'm just, I'm just trying to be happy. I just want to be happy. What we need to be saying is, I want to be holy. Holiness goes far much greater than happiness. Because when you are living holy, you can find happiness. And you can find joy. Like I said before, happiness is based on happiness. What's going on in your life. Paul says that we need to be holy. Whatever you do, make sure it is holy and acceptable unto God. Because he at least deserves that. Verse 2 says, stop worrying about this world. Stop trying to be like everybody else. You are who you are, and you need to find your identity in Christ when you are transformed by the power that I have sent into you. When you are transformed by the power that I've sent into you, you can find true joy. Stop following the crowd because all the crowd and all the earth is going to do is going to leave you empty and hurt. So be transformed. Be different. Be in the world but not of the world. Change yourself. Change your thinking. Change the way you act. Change everything that is not of God. If it's not acceptable and pleasing unto Him, it needs to change. And all of that starts in our minds. That's why it says, by the renewing of your mind. Every single action we do always starts with what we say about stinking thinking. It starts up here. We start thinking. And we start saying. And we start acting. That's why, like it says in Proverbs, it says, there's power of life and death in the tongue. We start thinking it. We start saying it. And then all these bad things start to happen. And we start to lose our joy that we once had in Christ. Paul says, follow after his will. And that's a whole nother sermon topic is the will of God. It's sometimes hard to find out the will of God. But it's so simple. Because when you are walking in God's ways, you will be walking in his will. And that's the bottom line. Whatever you're doing, as long as it's of God, God will be pleased with you. He will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have done your best to follow after me and to please me. So joy came into the world in the form of a little baby born in Bethlehem. And that joy, Jesus, can change our fearful Point number two, joy comes when life is filled with new meaning. Joy comes when life is filled with new meaning. The new life is salvation through Jesus Christ. And when you get to the end of yourself, you get to the beginning of God. When we get to the end of ourselves, when we get to the beginning of God, we can find joy. Go ahead and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Another one of my favorite scriptures, one of my favorite passages here in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, 
Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Verse 4. But God. Nothing else. Not through us. But God. So rich in mercy. God so rich in his mercy and he loved us so much that even when we were dead because of our sins he gave us life he gave us joy when he raised Christ from the dead it is only by God's grace that you have been saved for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ So God can point to us in all future ages as an example of the incredible wealth of his grace and his kindness toward us. As shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. As shown for all of us who have come to that saving grace of him. For all of us who have said, God, I need you more than ever. You are the one. Verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believe, and you can't take credit for that. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. None of us can say, well, look what I did. Look what I did for the church. Look what I did for the homeless. Look what I did for my neighbors. Look what I did for my family. God did it all. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us a long time ago. Life has new meaning and more meaning when we realize that our joy So what is our purpose as Christians? We say this new life, this new meaning. We can have joy because life has new meaning. So what is the meaning of life? We're not talking about Monty Python. We're talking about the Bible. Turn to Matthew 22. The first thing when we say life has meaning can be found in Matthew 22. And it's something that should be so simple, but... A lot of the times, it's actually really hard. Matthew 22, starting in verse 34. And this was right after Jesus is there with some of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And somebody asked him, you know, hey, say, say, you know, this man, he dies and his brother marries his wife. And he dies and marries his wife. Because that was tradition then. 
says it happened seven times, and they said, hey, Jesus, when they get to heaven, who's going to be this man's wife? And Jesus says, nobody. Because in heaven, you're, never gi- you're not given in mar- marriage or will be married. He said, this is written down. And they're like, oh, man, you're right. This guy is pretty smart. Let's find another question we can trick him with. Because they were trying to do that all the time. They were always trying, the Pharisees were always trying to discredit Jesus. And so they propose this question. They say, says in, start in verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together and they questioned him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him or trick him with a question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And they're talking about the Ten Commandments. Like, which of the Ten Commandments is the most important? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So Jesus is saying, if you look at the Ten Commandments, uh, the first one through four teaches how to love God. So it's, you know, not making an idol. Make sure Jesus is first, not using his name in vain. And the last six teaches how to love our neighbor by not stealing, by not lying, by not coveting. He says everything is based on these two things, loving God and loving each other. Now that we are Christians, we are supposed to love no matter what. And sometimes it's really hard to love because... People are stupid. <laughs> Amen? I mean, I know that people probably think that about me sometimes. Man, that stupid idiot. Why'd he pull over here? I was. People are stupid and they are hard to love. But we are called to love them no matter what. But just because we love them doesn't mean we accept everything that they do. And that's where people get it twisted. We love, we love, we love. We do our best. We're not going to be 100% of loving people all the time because, again, we're human. People get on our nerves, and we're going to be like, that person, I just, I mean, even the other night, me and Allie and Cindy went to a concert, and we're pulling around in the parking lot, and then all of a sudden on this side, there's huge puddles. So we're facing this way. There's two cars already over here, and they didn't want to drive through the puddle. So they started backing up, and the guy, he backed up, and he started coming towards us while Cindy's trying to back up. He was being stupid. He was being a jerk. That guy was really hard to love right then because she's trying to back up, you know, to get to the end of the parking lot. He's Lights are shining bright in the windshield, and he's acting like he's going to go around it. And even afterwards, there's just so many people, and we just worshiped for over an hour, and people are like, eh, get out of my way. People are hard to love, but we are called to love them for who they are. It's kind of like Charlie Brown said, can anybody tell me what Christmas is all about? What about this? Can anybody tell me what the meaning of life is all about? Love God. Love people. Now turn a couple chapters over to Matthew 28. We're going to find out one more point of the meaning of life that we have to share the joy that Jesus Christ has given us. 
chapter 28. We just read the Great Commission, and now we're going to move on to the, we just read the Great Commandment, now we're going to move on to the Great Commission. And when we were talking about the Great uh, Commandment, about loving people, it says love God, love people, as you love we don't ever love ourselves, we are never going to be able to love God the way that we should or love people the way that we should. Back in Ephesians, it says, you are God's masterpiece. Take nothing else home from that. Take that with you. You looks down at you and says I love you no man can do that Matthew 28 starting in verse 16 this is right after the crucifixion Jesus is there with his disciples and he's about to leave them he's about to ascend into heaven verse 16 then the eleven disciples left for Galilee going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them Teach the new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. Again, a promise from God. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is, I am with you. Acts on, and I'm up in heaven. When you have accepted me as your Savior, I'm going to be with you always love God love people love ourselves and now Jesus gives us a command of what to do he says go go teach preach baptize tell your story about the things that you have overcome go and tell people that you were once so down that you had no clue how to smile but when Jesus came into your life You were overcome with joy, and now that joy radiates off of you all the time. He said, go, no matter what. When you thought the world was against you, but you have now found new life, new meaning, new hope, and new joy in Jesus. And sometimes it is so hard to follow that. It is so hard when Jesus tells us to go and we're like, uh-uh, I am not talking to nobody. This is my story. I'm just going to keep it in. I cannot share my story. But Jesus says, hey, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I've got your back. I've got my hand on you. Go and share the story of love and joy that I have given to you. So if we go back to the will of God, we say, what is the will of God? The will of God is for you to 
go. Well, where am I to go? Wherever you are. Go to your family, to your friends, to your school, to your workplace, to your neighborhood. Wherever you are, when you are out shopping and you feel the Holy Spirit telling you to do something, you are to go and do that. And you are to share the joy right there. Jesus said, go. Which leads us into our third and final point. Point number three. Joy that overflows because we have a Savior. Have you ever met someone who is so overfilled with joy? Someone who is smiling and always happy. Sometimes. Hang on. Sometimes those people are annoying because it seems like nothing bothers them. No matter what comes their way, they are just like, that's okay. God's got me. God's got my back, and I'm a child of him. Can you hear me on this? There you go. I need my hand. Yeah, those people who are always smiling and always happy, sometimes you just want to smack them. While most of us are realists, we're like, okay, you can be happy during this time. They're the ones who are truly walking by faith. Sometimes we say, man, I wish I had that joy that that person has. I wish I could be always happy. Well, I want to tell you to be very careful of what you wish for. Because oftentimes, in the people that I know and have seen, the people who are the most joyous are the ones who have went through the things that are the most They're the ones who they have no hope but to look up now. They've been down and out. And they say, Jesus brought me this joy and I want to share it all the time with everybody. They're the ones who have been through tragedy. They're the ones who have hit rock bottom and realized there was no one else there but God. When I think about characters from the Bible who express joy... I think of David and I think of Paul. We'll look at Psalms 18. I'm going to read a couple verses. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I encourage you to read the whole chapter of Psalms 18 this week. And David, the things that he went through and the joy that he found in Christ because he knew who he was and he knew whose he was. Psalms 18 Verse 1, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. We can find joy in that. Verse 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my Savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield and the power that saves me, my place of safety. Joy. Verse 3, I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from my enemies. Joy. Over to verse 16. He reached down from heaven and he rescued me out of deep waters. There's joy in that. There's joy in verse 17. He rescued me from my powerful enemies and those who hated me and were too strong for me. I couldn't fight everybody on my own. 
but God was there, and now I can find joy in that. 18, they attacked me at my moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. There's joy. He led me to a place of safety, and he rescued me because he delights in The Lord delights in you. He looks at me. And although, again, sometimes I do stupid things. He looks at me and he has a smile on his face. And he says, I love you. Verse 28, you are a lamp for me. The Lord my God lights up my The only one who can light the way. Verse 32, God arms me with strength and he makes my way perfect. In verse 49, for this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing your praises. I will sing your joy forevermore. James 1, 2 says this, my brethren. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Count it all joy when troubles come your way because that is an opportunity for you to grow. That is an opportunity for you to send your light, to let people know that God is the way, that God is with you. Count it all joy. Psalms 23. Most of us know this psalm. We see it all over. My favorite verse in Psalms 23 is verse 4. And it says this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We have to remember, David said, I walk through the valley of the shadow. Where there is a shadow, there is light. Jesus that light for us. There are going to be hard times, but we can have the joy that overflows into other people's lives. I've got a picture here to show you. Last month when we were on vacation, I met this man named Paul, and he was overfilled with joy. It was just overflowing from the moment we walked in. Him and I had this little connection. When I when we checked in, I had a shirt on that has our logo on the back and has my name, Pastor Luke, on the front. And no, it's not just so I don't forget my name. So, thanks. And as soon as I walked in, he comes up to me and says, Oh, Pastor Luke, Pastor Luke, nice to have you here today. Where are you from? Where are you a pastor at? Tell me. And so I just started talking to him. And the joy that just came off of him. Every morning when I woke up and I'd go to walk around, I'd look for this man. Because the joy that he had was something that I want other people to look at me and say, Wow, that guy's got Jesus. That guy's got joy. Look at him. He has something that I want to experience And I want to be able to spread the light of Jesus. This man exuberated joy. 
There was this one time where I was walking around, and I seen him. He goes, oh, Pastor Luke, come here. He says, this is so-and-so, and introduced me to another guest. He says, this is brother so-and-so, and he's a believer, and he's from here. And I'm just like, man, this guy is awesome. He's spreading joy through his everyday walk where he is called. And that's at his job. Wherever you are called, that is where we are to spread joy. We are to spread joy because John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. So the time that we celebrate God loved, he gave, so we can have life, but not just life, life more abundantly, life overflowing. Some of this story with Paul has to deal with point two. It's about shedding, sending our light, you know, overflowing, and we are to love, and we are to be a light, and our life has meaning, and we are to fill the great commission. And it's not always easy, again, to fill the great commission. It's not always easy to share our story with other people. But when you surrender to God, and you say, I'm going to be a Christian, he says, all right, are you ready? Because I'm telling you to go. Like it says in Matthew 28, he says, go. And that means anytime, anywhere, and to anyone. And Paul was doing just that right there in Daytona Beach. He's spreading joy right there. And then the joy that he gives to other people goes all over the world. For me, that week, I had to put go into practice. Some of you may have seen this if you're on Facebook, post I shared on the church page. But about midway through the week, felt the Holy Spirit telling me before I left I needed to pray with this guy. I'm like, okay, yeah, yes, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, God, yes. But, man, this is out of my comfort zone, really? I know how those shepherds felt. I was afraid. Something so simple, but I was afraid. It's like, really? How, how am I going to even approach this but I thought about the joy that he was expressing the joy that can only come from being a child of God from knowing our Savior so the last day before we checked out I was able to come get this picture taken with him and pray with him because God has called us to go to anyone anywhere, at any time, and spread that joy. So again, we can have joy because Jesus came into our lives. We have joy because of the meaning of life. Because we are called to love God, love people, love ourselves. We are to go And we can have joy that overflows 
because we have a Savior. Jar is us before we come to Christ. We're empty. We can't pour out other joy in other people because we have nothing inside of us. So what we do is we try to find things that make us happy. We think relationships will make us happy. So we get into relationships with people we have no business even talking to. And it doesn't fill us up. And it still leaves us feeling empty. We work so hard. We have a lot of money. Money buys you things. Things do make you happy. I love shopping. I love shopping for clothes. They make me happy. When I'm Sometimes when I'm feeling sad, I like just to go to look around because, again, things do make us happy. But when we have a lack of things, we become unhappy. We put it into us, but it doesn't fill us up, and it doesn't overflow us with joy. Some of us turn to drugs, we turn to alcohol. We turn to other addictions. We turn to addiction to pornography. Maybe the addiction is relationships. Some of us pour that into our lives. And it still doesn't overflow us with joy. And then again, we take that money that we have, and we buy stuff, we buy things, we try and buy fancy cars, we try and buy things to make people happy. People that we really don't even like. But yet all these things still leave us feeling empty and without joy. They made us happy for the time being. They made us forget about what was going on. They made us forget about all of our other troubles. They just left us here feeling empty. And then we come to the realization. We come to the end of ourselves. We get to the beginning of God. We find Jesus. We find that joy. And we pour it into our lives. And it overflows us. It overflows us with joy now that you have found Jesus. And that's what we are called to do. We are called to overflow and shed our light and be a light to other people and let people know that joy is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. This time of the year, it is so hard for so many people Maybe they're going through a first Christmas without Jesus. Without a parent, without a sibling, without a spouse. And they're having a hard time finding joy. Well, we as Christians, we as believers, we need to make sure 
we are there and we let him know that God is there for us no matter what. Have you found that true joy today? If you haven't, we're going to be opening up the altar for a time for you to find that true joy that we just talked about, that true joy in Jesus. have an opportunity to decide whether you want to follow after him or you want to follow after the world. He says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Are you going to serve the gods that your ancestors served? All those false things, the money, the drugs, the stuff, the relationships? Or are you going to follow the one God who will bring you joy. It doesn't mean we're always going to be happy. Because we're not. What it means is that we can have peace knowing that one day we will be united with that baby who was born in Bethlehem. The reason we celebrate Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the joy that we can have in you. The joy that only comes through your salvation, through the grace and mercy that you have bestowed upon us. Father God, as we open up this altar, I pray for every single person here. That whatever they're fighting that is not bringing them joy, that they will come and they will lay it down to you. And if they have never had a true relationship with you, that they will come and say, Father God, I'm yours. Use me. Wherever, whenever, and whoever, let me show people the joy that you have. We ask this in your heavenly, most gracious name. Amen. Go ahead and stand with us as we sing today. As we sing a song called, Lord, I Need You. No greater song to sing at Christmas time when he came down here for us to cry out and say, Lord, 